this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Book Network podcast. I'm Deidre Tyler, host. Today, we'll be talking with Maliha Hassan, the author of War and Me, a memoir. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me in your show. Thank you. I wonder if you would begin the interview by saying a few words about yourself and how you became interested in this project. Thank you. Uh, my name is Feliha Hassan. Uh, I'm a teacher, poet, writer, uh, playwright, and some of you may know me as a Maya Angelo of Iraq. Thank you, Oprah Winfrey. And uh, I am honored to have been nominated for Pulitzer Prize for my book, for my poetry book, or um, uh, a breakfast for butterflies, and for pushcart for my story. Which, um, when I was born in Iraq in 1967, and I was a vivacious child who loved my family and loved loved the school. I remember, and my first day in middle school in Najaf in Iraq the Iraqi government announced they would close schools for 10 days until certain victory over war with Iran was announced. But the war did not end in 10 days. Unfortunately, it lasted for eight years, and all my friends were either killed in the war or went missing in it. From this moment, I have dreamed to write about this experience. And uh, it's like, while poetry comes easily to me, I have long dreamed about writing a detailed memoir about the horse of war that I personally experienced, as well as the terrible hardship my family and friend endured. Now, you talk about the death of your grandfather at the beginning of the book. Yes. How did that impact you and your family? Uh, because my grandfather was, he's like the main person in our family, and he, he was to care everything. Um, that's why when he passed away, 
it it's affect us in very bad way. Affect the family and affect me um personally because I was very spoiled um from him and uh, uh, when you did read the the book, you see how he was like was like I I think he's not um a human being but more than his angel because he took care of everything he's uh, he's like a god he's um he's care about his family he he makes sure everyone in in good health and good shape and good um um emotion that's why when he passed away i like i almost find out uh, my 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 kingdom is uh, is uh, destroyed. It's no more there. You know, you talk about your sister and the kerosene. I thought that was an interesting story. Would you like to share some of that? Um, my middle sister, she's like I don't know what's going on with her, but when she was a kid, every time my mom. She hides the because you know in Iraq we use kerosene in, um to uh, uh, when we cook and uh, every time my mom hid in something uh, in in very different places she will find them and she will drink something and uh, we will take her to the hospital to give her some medicine to survive. And uh, this is a factor until now. She uh, and when she grew up, she uh, she became became sick with uh, different uh, health and stomach issues. The fever in the family. Yes. Tell us about that. Uh, we are very close family. We never disappoint um, our mom or. Um, the father, even there is a terrible, harsh situation, but we're still very close to each other. And when someone has um, any um, issue, they, we will take care of it together. And as you know, I was looking for my brother in Butterfield. I was looking for my father in Butterfield. Because my mom, she was sick, and I was, um, I was hoping if I can give her something just to survive, to give her any good news to survive. Now, you took care of your mother while she was sick. Not just me. All our uh, sisters, we did that. We did that. Um, and because I am the oldest uh, girl, I did that um more than other sisters. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about when you were at school and you wore black. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What happened? <laughs> First of all, it, it, it is, right now I think, it, I think about it as a funny story. But when I was a kid, it's a, it was a terrible uh, thing for me. Because we are three. Okay. In fact, every guy or every man, his name Hassan, he will name his daughter Saliha and his son Falah. Okay? Now, every girl with me, with me in the school has my name, Saliha Hassan, Saliha, 
Well, her, her father will be Hassan. In my classroom, there's three girls with the same name, the first and the middle name. Feliha Hassan, Feliha Hassan, Feliha Hassan. But one, she was very big girl, big heavy girl, and and she don't know nothing. She's beautiful, but she don't know nothing. She's not clever enough to be a student, even student. Another one, she was very, very skinny, and she was uh, also her mind not to have a degree. She's like, yes, she's okay, she's studying, but she's not with a degree and uh, a curious about uh, education. For me, I was tiny black girl. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's like there's nothing. <laughs> it's just, but the teacher, and I was, you know, I loved school. I loved school. My, my grade is so good. But the teacher, they never, like when they um, call us, they said Feli Hassan. They don't give us number like Feli Hassan. One, two, three. No. One time I find out they call me the black Feli Hassan. And that's affect me. That's make me like for maybe almost all month um, uh, crying uh, in my room and uh, be upset with every teacher in the school. But then I find out it's like this sadness, it doesn't take me to another place. I'm going to prove myself I'm go- I'm, because I'm not going to spend all my lifetime in this school. And thank God, now every Feliha from my uh, classroom, they have, they establish um, families uh, and they are, um, I don't know what they're doing right now, but I have my master's degree. I almost finished my DHD degree. Um, I became a teacher. I spent 24 years teachers, uh, teaching. I, I, I did write 25 books between poetry and uh, prose, but those people, no one heard about them. All these people, they heard about uh, from the, the black Hassan. So do you have a lot of color discrimination? Yes, in my country, yes. Tell, uh, tell, us, tell us about that. Yeah, uh, especially with me. Um, I was um, a member, when I did publish my book, uh, Because I Am a Girl in 1991, uh, and I became a, a member in um, the, Uni- um, the Poets, the, Unani- the Union of Poets and Writers in Iraq. People, they don't like that. They don't, they didn't like a, a girl, she's coming from uh, unknown family, and she wants to be in the same level of them. And then that's, that's why <laughs> once, it's not one time, so many times uh, people start to talk about my color. Um, I, there is a, a professor, he's a philosophy guy. Uh, he has a B, he has PhD, PhD degree in philosophy. He published an article about about me, the title of the article is Feliha um, Hassan, the Black Face and Black Soul. This is the title of the article. And he did a, uh, publish that in a newspaper. When I did read it, 
first of all, I get mad and mixed feelings, but then I said, there's no reason for him to do that but jealousy. And from there, I continue writing. I continue writing, continue um, uh, attend uh, a poetry festival, and I, uh, you know, I became famous in, in Iraq, or and also in middle uh, middle um, middle age. It's like people they don't appreciate the black color. And uh, still, until now, if there is a guy, he's a, he's a black. He can marry. He can't marry white women until he are, unless he is very rich. I mean, very, very, very rich. Okay. And also, there is no um, um, white guy. He can uh, marry uh, a black girl. Even she has education, she has a, uh, a good uh, job, uh, she's a teacher or doc- doctor, she, they, do, they don't do that. They don't do that. They still, until wow. these days, yeah. Thank you. Now, you described the, the Syrians going off and the fear in the middle of the night because you were hearing these sirens going off. Yes. It's like um, from 1980 until 1988, we was, like, I mean, I'm talking about eight years, we was hearing the siren almost every day, every night. And this became something we used to. And uh, everyone, <clears throat> sorry, um, like as a kid, my mom, my grandma, they were praying for us to protect us. That's it. We don't have a shelter to go living there because uh, we uh, we was living in an apartment and in um, and it's not in uh, a floor in a second second floor uh, apartment. There is no shelter. Even when if we go uh, to to hide in under the, the stair. There's so many families there and we can stay with them. It's like everyone has, he needs uh, has a space. And that's why uh, the sharing start to be uh, familiar to our ears. Now you talked about the health of family members during the war. How did the war impact family members' health? It's like, uh, I think we, uh, uh, during the war, we get very close to each other, very, very close to each other emotionally, and uh, we did help each other by staying, surviving, uh, stay, staying alive. Um, we was, uh, this is my, my sentences, we was, during the war, we was busy to survive, that we did. Uh, we was like eating a little bit to, just to keep an, a, a meal to another day. We don't drink too much because we don't like to. I mean, when I'm saying drink, I'm talking about tea and water. That's it, because we don't. We need to um, 
to save something to the next day if we saw a life. And uh, uh, when my brother wanted a war zoom, everyone he was prayed to him to come to come back safety. And that's what we did also with my father. And we took care of my mom when she was sick. We took care of my grandmom when she got um, sick also. It, it is not easy, but we still, you know, I, I, remember, I think war make us uh, became very strong, very close to each other. Now, your grandmother had some wishes. She didn't want you to turn the cartoons off or wear black or have a wake. Because she don't like me to be sad. Um, I was, uh, I love cartoons. I still love cartoons, like some of them, especially there's a, a, a cartoon like coming from different places. It's not from Iraq or Middle East. And we loved it, like a Sinbad. It's a say on different, um, like Sasuke, something like that. And we still, um, I, I was uh, obsessed with these cartoons, uh, things, because it's sometime in my imagination, I I became one, one character of these cartoon story. And uh, and she don't like me to have to to worry black when she was uh, when she died. Uh, and um, this is her wish. Now, you talk about this celebration, the 40 days after death. Tell us about that. Before the days of the death, it's not celebration, but um, um, we have a, like a tradition. Okay. Uh, tradition, yeah. The, um, I think all the uh, Islamic um, uh, Muslim people, they have the same tradition. When someone dying uh, they have uh, they have uh, uh, um, people they have like uh, his is not almost but someone from his family he sit with him or she sit with him and read a prayer for her it's long prayer and also some of them if they, if he if he has a hebra we call a hebra is that it's um a piece of uh, fabric, uh, they write uh, this prayer uh, uh, from uh, with the special ink into this hebra, onto this hebra, and uh, they worried him after he died, like after they clean him and died, they put this hebra with him and uh, pray them with him. That's, that's in his mind or in, in our tradition that can protect him from the hell. This is what we think. And I mean, this is what the, we, we believe in, in Islam. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you talk about a love story and the watch. Tell us about this watch and the love story. Uh, this is my true love story. When I was a teenage, there's a guy. I think he's my relative, but it's from far away. And uh, we get interesting to each other. We didn't talk too much, but he was sent me some beautiful letters. Every day. Almost when he was um, 
away from the wall. He would write something and hide it or send it like with someone. I don't know. But then one time I received a watch um, with his um, with his uh, uh, for women. This woman, she's belonged to him, and uh, he sent me this watch. But unfortunately, I lost the watch in uh, the salon, uh, beauty salon, uh, beauty shop. And but uh, I don't know if that uh, coincident. Uh, one time I was walking here in uh, uh, what they call it, um, flea market. And I see the same watch someone tried to sell it. And I bought this watch. I kept it in my closet right now. But this guy, we didn't speak too much. He gave me um, a cassette for a wood song. It was like romantic song. And this watch, but uh, he died with the war. He killed by the war. Yes. Now, you became the first teacher of the entire tribe, and you had to teach at this rural school for two years and then moved to the city. Tell us about that experience. Uh, I was <laughs> super heavy because I achieved my father's dream when I became a teacher. But then they sent me to the suburb. Um, I was a like, City girl, and they sent me to suburban. They have the rules for that. Uh, we can't talk to the men there. Even they are teachers, but we we like they ask us to avoid um, mixing between men, uh, like male teacher and female teacher. Everyone has we have two different rooms, separate rooms, and also the man control this school because he's the principal. But then after that, um, there is a, uh, you know, they, they, they put me in different school with this woman, which the, the principal, but she was to treat us as, with, as with, we are our her slave. She will give us extra things to do for her, just for her benefit, not for the school benefit. And I was curious to do that. I like this boy, um, her um, uh, well, and I'm, you know, I said, no, I'm not going to do anything. And she became against me. She became my uh, my enemy. And then uh, when I say enemy, she wrote so many bad things about me. And she sent me to the, almost to the court. And you said, you said, you read the book and you see how she treats us. But then, um, uh, after that, I said, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do uh, any teaching. I'm going to finish my bachelor's degree. Uh, but um, uh, like I was having two horrible years in my life with this lady. I don't know if she's still alive, uh, but um, I, I, uh, I heard her daughter. She she was a um, in my life she was a teacher, but now she ha- she has the she was she became the principal of the same school. We took it all. We brought them to our land. 
An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You told us about um, the story of the student. You asked the young girl what was her relationship to the student. Tell, tell us about that. That was so confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, when I was a teacher, um, I taught uh, at the fifth grade. The fifth grade, it's not like here. They are almost mad. They have mustache. They are they are bigger than me. Is they almost my age? And uh, what time I have um this this citizen? He's um he's look weird. And every time he's coming to school, he's like look tired. His eye is different. He's like I don't know if he's coming up from his bed. It didn't clean well. He's very lazy. He's uh, I don't know. What, and he needs help with uh, with the studying because he has every time he taken the very low grade and uh, in any exam. And uh, we have a meeting like uh, parent and teacher meeting. And uh, I find there's uh, I met this woman or this girl, she's a beautiful girl with the makeup with something, and she came and I. She asked me, how's, um, <laughs> she mentioned his name, doing. I said, oh, no, he needs help. He's like, uh, I don't know why you just kept him in the school. Uh, he needs to spend so many times. He wants to take, like, he needs to take care of himself. Uh, you need to, <laughs> are you his um, uh, sister because... Now I want you to speak to his mom or his father to make sure he's good for his school or he will leave and or maybe he, he can achieve it. Um, he will uh, have very bad uh, grade this year. And she said, no, no teacher, because they call me teacher. No teacher. I'm his wife. Now I get confused. What should I say? I said, oh, oh okay. I mean, he, I can help him with so many things. I will spend um, extra time with him after school. He will, he need just to come to me uh, and on a break and I'm going to take care of him. Don't worry about that. I try to change the subject because I don't want him to be mad of her if she told him that. She's like, because in, 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 um, in his mind, he's the man, and he's he will take care of everything. And this girl now told him he's not doing anything, just sleeping in his school, and that's that's something unusual. And um, that's why I tried to, to change the subject, but I don't know what's going on with him. But at the same time, I mean, the next day he came, he he cleaned up a little bit, but. Uh, um, I helped him a lot with his uh, studying and homework. Yeah. Now, you gave us a story about your friend going to get a check at the school. 
and your friend's marriage. That's another confusing story. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are two best friends. And one of the, this girl, she, she became, she loved someone in the school. And he was a, a colleague, his colleague, or her colleague in the school. And uh, uh, she has a friend. I mean, her best friend, she didn't know, she didn't know this woman betrayed her or hide some news about her. And then when she come to have her salary check, she find out her best friend married her beloved. This is very sad story for me. And uh, because if you are, if you are, Best friend, you need to to talk or talk your friend about your feeling and not to make her have a dream uh, about your man. This is my opinion. So you got into the university. Yes. Tell us about that experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, after I uh, like when I like after I left my um. Uh, my school in suburban, I uh, submit my work to the University of Kova to be uh, a student there. But uh, also, because I am a member in the Iraqi Union of Handwriter, all my, all these uh, famous writers and poets. They are, was a professor also in the college, in the University of Kufa, especially in Arabic uh, uh, language. And uh, um, I became famous before I come to, this, uh, to the college. Before I came to this uh, university, I was very famous. And some teacher they they start to to talk about me oh Faria Hassan she will come here and Faria Hassan she will do that Faria Hassan she will she did publish her book uh, there is an article about Faria Hassan that's make uh, another student jealous of her and one time I was uh, uh, on my break and there is beautiful uh, a girl Oh my God! I remember her face, her eyes, and her hair because she don't have any scarf. I mean, yeah, hijab. We call it hijab or scarf. And she come to me and she said, "You, you, you are Fariha Hassan." I said, "Yes." She said, "I hate you," and she walked away from me. I stand there for minutes doing nothing. But then I realized she hates me because, not because she's compared to her beauty or her richness. See, she was a rich girl and she came from a very rich family. You can tell from her dress. But uh, because those people, uh, I mean, uh, my, uh, the professors, they was talk very, high about me and that's make her feel jealous and uh, she um, she never forget me because even when I, I became a teacher 
and I still I taught uh, the middle school before I teach uh, the high school. Her do- her sister, she was a student, one of my students, and one time uh, during the uh, parents. Um, uh, teacher uh, meeting and she came and she said, oh my God, now you are a teacher of my sister? Oh, I hate that. And she just left. Uh, but um, I didn't have any bad relationship with her sister and uh, because she was my student. But I think when people start talking too much about a person, that's also made another people jealous. Now, when your book was published, tell us about that experience of how everybody was so happy and you became famous. Uh, the, the first book, my, my first book, uh, uh, Because I Am a Girl, it's like I published that in 1991. And uh, I was, in this time, I was a... Uh, engaged in this time. And as a tradition, the uh, uh, the groom gave the, I mean, the man, he will give the, uh, the bride some uh, gold, I mean, real gold. Uh, and she will save this gold for something urgent, like um, buy a house, buy a car, or spend that with health situation because we don't have a health care uh, in Iran. In my, <laughs> in my situation, my urgent was to publish my book. And I took this call to the guy. I sold it and I gave it to publisher and he published my book uh, because I am a girl. I remember... He did uh, a book sign for me. I went there. There's no women. There's hundreds of men came. All the all them, poet, writer, you know, um, curious about these girls. She's coming from different, uh, <laughs> different land to put herself with them. And then I remember one guy. He was he was famous. He a poet. He took this my book and he held it in his hand and he said, "This book, shame on poetry, shame on Najaf." And he was, you know, yelling with his um, deep voice. But then, I of course I get I get mad, but. Uh, Two months later, I received a phone call from the publisher and said, Hi, Filiha, you know what? I sold 5,000 copies from your book. And now you can come and have your money back. He gave me my money. I went to the, to the, the, the same guy I uh, sold my gold to him. I bought this gold. Not the same same gold, but it's like similar to when I sold and I saved it. But no one know about that until I published my memoir book. 
Now, you got married. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, I got arranged marriage. It's not, I didn't choose any, any guy to marry because I was busy trying to have uh, a degree. Uh, it's like my imagine in my in my imagination I'm going to have my master degree, my bachelor, then my master, then my PhD degree. Uh, maybe I I became a professor in in a, um, University of Kufa, and I, I didn't dream to have a, a a husband family because we are a big family. I I have enough kids in my life. Because my my sibling was my my kids, I take care of them every day, and I get tired of doing that. Uh, but in good way, not in a bad way. And also, I was take care of my mom, my grandma when she was sick. It's enough for me. I didn't, you know, think to get married. But that's why my old sisters they married before me. Even they are, are like younger than me, uh, but people start talking why she don't know why there is something there is some issue with her there is a and I was uh, worried about my uh, uh, you know I just want them to stop talking about me in bad way. I know I don't have any issues, uh, but no one believes. You just focus on your degree and your education. That's why when they they said you need to choose one of them, your car. I mean, from the family, and uh, they don't. They didn't give me any chance to choose anyone. Um, yeah, and uh, I get married for from one. Like I get married to one. I didn't know even his name. Believe me. I, the first time I saw him when he came with the engagement ring, because he has so many. He has ten brothers, but I didn't know when he. They told me about his name. Um, I said, "Who's who's uh, who's the guy you told me about him?" He said, "They told me about his name and his mom." But then after that, <clears throat> um, the mom she was the awful. My my mother-in-law she was. Uh, Rest in peace. She's she's something else, but uh, and she didn't like because she all her um, uh, she gave birth to ten men, I mean ten boys and one girl, and this one girl they don't welcome her also, and uh, because the first pregnancy for me she was a girl, that's why they don't and the second one that that's why they don't welcoming me in her, like in them house. And she did so many horrible things just to get rid of me. Now, when did you decide to um, get out of that situation, the marriage? Uh, Because it's like, there is, like everyone has his, his strength. In one time, and his <laughs> because it, it, I lived, I lived 13, 13 years with this guy. He never changed. He's he's became more aggressive, more uh, uh, 
he I don't think he's like me one time or in love with me. He just um, get married because the the society, because his family, because his mom, and uh, he he never he never take care of me, and I get I get tired of take care of everything. I was even when in his life, I was the the mom and the father. I take care of everything, the kids, rent. The, and one time I said, no, that's enough. I'm going to leave. But uh, he didn't, like, this is not easy to, in, in, in my family. That's not, not, no one can leave or she can leave her husband because this situation. Everything they will said, oh, no, you can fix it. You can fix it. You are strong. You are a woman. You can fix it. But I can't. That's why when I filed for divorce, he tried to kill me. He tried to burn me with the, the gasoline. And, uh, but I left. I took my kids and I left to Turkey. Now, after people read your memoir, what do you want people to um, have? What do, what's the message you want people to, to receive after they read your book? I think I hope from all, like, I hope every reader will find what they like. Uh, for example, those who love adventure will find um, a characters who went to the battlefield looking for their brothers and their father. Those who, uh, who are curious to learn about Iraq family, Iraqi families during the wartime will see how the Iraqi families suffered from the disease, starvation. And those who are enjoy learning about other culture will discover the rich costume and tradition of the Iraqi society and how the society deals with living and death. But the important thing in this book, the reader will see how the war and injustice blockade affect innocent people, whether they are soldiers, women, or just kids. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Can you tell us the next project you'll be working on? I'm working right now about, about, uh, with two books. One is poetry books. Also, it's, it has so many memoir, but it's poetry. Another one, it's uh, a novel. And it's, like, um, it's, uh, it's based on true events. And I hope this, both the projects will see the light very soon and someone interesting to publish them. And uh, yeah, this is, and also I have um, a plan to write real story of, uh, from the, because I was, you know, contact those family, they're still alive in, in Iraq and what ha- happened there in, um, in uh, Blackade. And I will call this book uh, The Hunger Book. 
Well, we will be looking forward to reading all of those books. And I would like to thank you for being on the podcast. Again, we'll be talking to the author of War and Me, a memoir, Fahi Hassan. Thank you so much. And I have, I am thrilled right now because you have me in your in your show. And I wish you all the best with all your projects. Thank you so much.